All right, let's try this again. Episode 38 of the Mission is Dad podcast. I am Mitch, and with me, as always, is my dad. We spoke a moment ago that dad said my hair sort of reminded him of crazy Cindy Lauper, and then he gave his famous serial speech about how when she's at home, she's totally normal. And I was saying, personality-wise, I could see people changing that you know, from public to private. It happens all the time. But um, the look, if you if you go out of your way for some sort of exotic uh, look, I don't imagine you'd go through all the trouble of undoing the look every time you come home. Of course you would. I mean, like if you have, uh, for instance, when I had a mohawk or like people with tattoos. I mean, you know, you know obviously they've always got those tattoos. Or, you know, in my see, case. I'm very no, I see. I'm very suspicious of the tattoos. <laughs> Suspicious of the tattoos. How's that? I, I don't think they're real. You don't think tattoos are real? I think Mike Tyson's one that's on his face is real. I, this one's real right here. I have a, That a, one's real. Okay, well, yeah. there's, there's probably my... some crazy people like Mike Tyson and you that have <laughs> real tattoos when you could have fake tattoos and you wouldn't have to worry about it. You could wash them off every night when you take a shower. But uh, no, I think, when we saw Sinbad, uh, no. you know who Sinbad is. Yeah, a comedian. Yeah. He's the one that, you know, had the little clip with serving a breakfast up to his kids in the morning. Okay. And, uh, he looked totally normal. He had on his uh, jeans and he was serving them up, getting them ready for school and everything. Does he have a show now or something? What's the deal? Oh, I, they just had a thing about it. This has been a while back. It's been uh. a while ago. It was proof of my serial story. But he's not crazy. Like, he doesn't have, like, in a wild it's hair. Crazy. He, had, he had a whole shtick going, Sinbad. With the, he had his look about him and everything, Sinbad. Okay. I mean, I just remember he wore Sinbad the... He had a whole thing going there for a while. He <laughs> had his in the bank, and now he's serving up the Cheerios. All right, all right. Well, um, all right, I mean, again, Alice <laughs> Cooper doesn't cut his hair when he goes home. No, but he puts it back in the in the bun thing. You can't tell it's long, and he wears golf shirts. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, that's fine. It doesn't. Yeah, I, I mean, that's you know. He, I mean, he I don't dress in a three piece suit all around the, around the apartment. But if I go out, if I if I'm on stage, certainly I will. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't escape the serial motive. <laughs> right. You wanted the you, you have to do. This is what you have to do. You got to have this persona that you can throw away when you're off the stage. That's per, the way it works. Yes, but a persona and and one's look are not necessarily congruent. They're not necessarily let, one. Let me give you the choices you have. <laughs> you only have two. <laughs> one is you're the persona all the time. And the other is your persona part of the time. Now, let's look at the successful people that are never a persona. Jerry Seinfeld, Bill Cosby. They're just normal guys. Wait, 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 wait. Where do you have get... no persona. They're the same at cereal morning with the kids. <laughs> they all went there on the stage. Where do you get the idea that uh, that Bill Cosby... And or Jerry Seinfeld don't have personas. They they no, do. Not. What I'm saying is they look the same. They speak. Oh, everything right. is the same about them at home as it is on the stage. All right, right. That's you just mean the look. That's just the way they are. Now, some people are able to get away from the persona. They have a persona on stage and they get away from it. 
Then there's those few people in the minority that will never make it that are persona 24 hours a day. Well, look, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Any one of those that's making any money. Jerry Seinfeld wears a suit on stage. He doesn't wear a suit when he's home with the wife. Well, when he's relaxing over cereal in the morning, but he wears a suit every time he goes somewhere. You see him in a suit. Don't don't try to say this. I've, Don't try to say the suit is his costume for crying. I, I mean, look, I, I think that I bet that that's the thing is you're taking the quote unquote <laughs> costume to be this this like elaborate thing <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just <laughs> obvious to me. It's so obvious. I can't. You know, you have to almost go out of your way to not find the obviousity. <laughs> Obviousness is the word, but okay. Is that word? Uh, obvious, obviousness is what you want to. Is what you're looking for, I think. Like obviousity, right? Uh, go for it. It's, it sounds good. Sounds official. <laughs> go with obviousity. Hey, you want to hear some more Columbus? You want to hear Madman, or you want to talk about Steve Jobs? Well, actually, speaking of Jobs, I have a, uh, I have news, personal news. I uh, oh, oh, I like that. Yeah, I got. Uh, I, I picked up a new client today. You might even say a new job, but it's not like I have to quit my current job to keep it. So I don't know how I would phrase it. I usually just say client. Um, yeah, that's good. It's a very, it's a very good offer. It's a great, you know, thing. And it was one of those because I have a job, I didn't need it, so I sort of um, just let loose. I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to make the interview or you know score and make it like be super professional and i wasn't trying to play it safe on like income and things like that so i just like you gotta gotta watch out what you're saying here because they might be listening the new people or the old people the new people and the old people well the new people won't i won't be upset by anything i'm saying and the old people i could give a crap um okay (laughs) a there's no way they take that much of an interest in my life and b they're not. They're not going. Hey, I heard your podcast, and that you don't particularly care for your job. Um, yeah, it's yeah. That's, my... that's true. But you know what? I get the work done. Uh, I've made it very clear many times uh, my frustration. So this new thing is it is it an ongoing thing or what is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. They need basically what they call templates made for these websites, and so. Um, I know about templates. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You do. So that's what they're looking for is these templates. And uh, they say, well, how much would you charge? It's three pages, you know, uh, per per thing. How much would you charge? And I, I went high with it because I thought, well, let's let's see where they negotiate. And they just went, yes. So you didn't go high enough, obviously. Clearly. That's fine. I, I prefer. It's always kind of been my way. I've always preferred to be a bargain. I've always preferred to have, uh, you know, sort of have that over my head. I feel like it's, it's, I'm more valuable because of the fact that I won't charge as high as, say, somebody else. I don't, I don't believe in getting paid, quote unquote, what so, I'm worth. So is this something you can do at home? Yep. And that's what I intend to do. You got to go in the office or what? No, they, they will eventually want me to kind of come in one or two days a week for meetings and different things like that, but it's nothing, um, Nothing mandatory right now, and they're not. Is this somebody you knew prior, and they actually, yeah, yeah, the guy who who kind of uh, suggested me for the job to his boss. It was a former coworker at the oh. job I'm at now. So he's like, "Look, I know what he has to deal with every day. He's going to love this." <laughs> so when oh, okay. I when, well, I, when really I came cool. in, he kind of wanted to play, you know, 
let's bitch about the old job catch-up game. So I was like, all right, let's do that. And, was, and then, uh, you know, it's fine. It, it's uh, it, My biggest frustration with the job right now is that I have to answer to someone who uh, it, it slows, process, slows the process way, way down and um, not only prevents me from doing my job, but, but almost uh, uh, intentionally... Uh, uh, doesn't want me to do my job. Basically, you know, I'm a designer. I, if I'm, if I'm why, just, why would they do that if they're paying you? Why would they intentionally not want you to do your job? Because I would love to know. I can't figure it out. Makes no sense at all. I, now you're on the same page I'm on. I don't understand it either. I'm a designer, <laughs> and I they want like a brochure or something designed. So I'll I'll, yeah. I'll design something, and they'll say, okay, so we got this design from a guy in uh, you know Russia or something. So we need you to, you know, put it onto the page, and and we need to be able to print it. So I have to basically convert his designs from what he sent to actual live designs and put real text in there and things like that. Yeah. And everything, you know, the the guy who sent it is not a print designer, so he doesn't know dimensions or margins or all kinds of things that you have to account for when you're actually making these things. And so I have to fix all these things as I'm making it, and then the guy I have to report to is will sit there and go like, now see, on the, on the original mock-up that he sent over, this was down about quarter of an inch further and 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 just it's one of those things where i go what <laughs> what who gives a crap like literally you know like it does it look good yes that's what matters is if it looks good and moreover if you just it, it really just comes down to he fell in love with a given design he wants it to match that and i understand that it matches it to like 99 percent. that last one percent he will drag out for literally a month i have worked on it uh <laughs> All this week, I have worked on this thing, and I've laid it out exactly as it was in the thing, but you have to account for certain variables in print, so I've had to account for those, and he's over here, well, this is, you know, half an inch here, or this paragraph ends at a weird place, and I say, Well, yeah. maybe this is him, maybe this is him making himself more valuable. Well, he's a, he's a multimillionaire, and they love him. So, I mean, he runs, you know, we've got, we own about four or five companies. He, he's he got a hand in each of them. So he's he's irreplaceable in that regard. So I, I think really what it is is just that he, he, I don't know, for whatever reason, he takes some sort of interest in, in what, what is going on in the print world of, of the company. And everybody was like, oh, you want to take an interest? Fine, you take it. And because they were all tired of, like, approving designs because they didn't really care they were like no this looks good yeah maybe change this color change that and we're good and then he would come about and go wait a minute uh, you know once it got printed he'd be like what on page three uh you know <laughs> this line yeah. looks, looks lower than it should be and i'm like really and so he'll want it we the, the last brochure i did for them uh, uh the, the one that we're quote-unquote redesigning right now was four months ago, and we immediately were going to start on a new one, and I started making designs, and he said, no, 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 don't worry about it, we'll have the other guy do it, over in Russia, or whatever. It's So now, four months have gone by, and we haven't designed this brochure. I told him, I, I said, I could easily have designed 20 in that time. And I proved it because they started another business, and needed brochures for that, and I did it without him completely. I went to another guy in the office who runs that part of the business said like let you and I let's work together let's make one 
and we put I put the whole thing together and had it completed and approved and ready for print in two days tops. And it and everybody in the office loves it. Like nobody's got any complaints about it. People will walk by me in the office and say, "Hey, did you design that thing?" Yes, and the, that looks great. You should make the gold one look like that. <laughs> okay. All so, right. This hilarious. is enough about yeah, this guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, that point is it's a pain in the ass, and that's why I want to leave. So I'm taking up this separate job that uh, will is actually easily more money than what I'm currently making. And uh, I will keep the current job for a little while. And then eventually I'll go in there and say, listen, you guys don't have five days wor- a week worth of work for me ever. So I'm going to just come in two days a week and uh, pay me accordingly. And if they say, we don't like that deal, then I'm going to say, all right, sayonara. It's been good. And that'll be that. Well, okay. I hope that works out because that's, you know, that's out on limb somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all part of my plan to to not have to wake up at 6 o'clock or 5.30 in the morning and go into an office that I hate to work with people I don't like. Um <laughs> Or, or person I don't like. I don't actually really have to work with anybody. I sit in my office all day, and I, I don't even deal with that guy anymore. I, I just email him. I refuse to talk to him in person. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and so we covered I, enough. Really, have I get covered that. And then I, I, so I. This go, is the problem. With I'm just trying to finish top. this up. With I'm saying, with the, the the idea is, if I can work from home on this other thing, this project that sort of never ends, then I'm free to do things like go on tour. And work on other projects, and and work on my actual career, my life, and I don't have to do that's, this crap that's, anymore. That's, that's, that's why I want to get out of that like, job. That's what I was. That yeah. sounds like a plan, right there. Radio. I just had to bitch about the job because hey, why not? Now, Steve Jobs. We know that he's going to die very soon. Yeah, that's uh, that's it's weird. He can't. He doesn't leave the house. They said. Yeah, it's it's weird that every article I've been reading in the last well about it rather in about the last two days have all sounded like obituaries it's all people sharing stories yeah. of meeting him or working with him it's very weird i think uh yeah. i the, wonder what he thinks of that i you know i don't know you could email him and ask you know? well you know there's people and i've heard of numbers of them now that they've had so much about him on tv on the talk shows mm-hmm. the news talk shows i mean they last night every channel cnn fox all of them 20 some odd channels that have news every night every one of them was all about steve jobs it was nothing about the financial stuff or the political stuff and it was all steve jobs it was amazing yeah so i learned a lot more about him than i've ever known in those three hours or whatever it was i watched <laughs> but uh he's not he, he 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 doesn't there's a lot of people that don't like him too much Really? Yeah. There's people that have worked with him in the past, and there's people that were with him around the beginning. See, I didn't know. I had forgotten a lot of the stuff. Like, I had forgotten that he got kind of axed out of the Apple and started this next. And, pic- and, and Pixar. Yeah. And then, and then he, some kind of way, he came back to Apple. I can give you the short, no. short version if you want. It's very and built it. Uh, well, you would know the first thing about the short version of anything. All your versions are endless. Go ahead, give me the short version. 
Yeah, he was fired actually a year after they launched the Macintosh because he and the CEO, John Scully, didn't get along and they had different visions for the company and Apple. Uh, and, and he was you know, very tyrannical as he is. So they all said, hey, he's being a pain in the ass. He's got too many opinions. Let's boot him. So they booted him out. And uh, he said, I said, I'm going to go start a new computer company. That's when he started Next. And uh, then to prove the power of Next, he started an animation company using Next computers as their rendering farm. And that was uh, Pixar. And then many, many, many years later, uh, they uh, uh, Apple was in a bind because they needed to come up with a new operating system. And everything they were trying was failing miserably. They tried to buy several different companies. That didn't work. They tried to work with different technologies. They tried to build their own technology. None of it worked. Everything was just falling and breaking around them. So Steve Jobs gave a call and said, Hey, listen, I've got this thing called Next. I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, it works in a production environment. I own an animation company. You've seen it work. I can give you a demo. You guys ought to buy Next. Apple did indeed buy Next. And by doing so, Steve Jobs came on Apple's board of directors. When he got in, he fired everybody. <laughs> So this is what I'm saying. He does have enemies. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, generally but speaking, he, the, he's uh, like uh, he's a very he's a very unusual character in the history of business yeah. because he's sort of like uh, he's like he has fans. You know what I mean? He's got people that adore him. You know, like he's like this. Uh, teddy bear mickey mantle kind of guy you know it's like they should yeah. put out cards with his picture on it so people could hang him in their house and stuff i mean it's people that feel that way about him him and richard branson and bill gates well i don't know most people don't like bill gates i don't think these days yes i'm a fan of bill gates now i love bill yeah. Gates now you I'm, like bill I'm gates a okay with bill gates T today's bill gates yes Mid eighties, well, Bill Gates. They had a piece, one of the pieces they showed showed Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. They were real young. Yeah. And real long hair, and Gates had the big thick glasses. Yeah. And this had to do with the fact that IBM, the Big Blue, which I remember this, they had the PC, and they were kind of like everybody thought, well, they're going to take over. Yeah. Now this is before your time, the PC thing. I mean, I know about the whole history of it all. Yeah, I'm sure you do, but I'm saying this was like, I, was I mean, I had, I had a PC when nobody had one. Let's put it that way, because my company gave me one to have at the house. Right. And uh, I just used it to run quotes and stuff like that. I didn't, you know, learn anything about it or anything. Right. Uh, they'd send you the little software things you put in the machine, and it would give you all these numbers when you want to look up a number or something. But um, so that was interesting when they went through the thing with him and Gates and uh, Gates went sort of in the direction of the software and 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 uh, Steve Jobs Jobs went the way of the uh, Macintosh. Yeah, they were. They, he's all about what he calls the whole widget. He says the Apple. Whole widget. Yeah, he says Apple makes the whole widget. He's been saying that since like '97, I think, is when he coined the term. But, you know, if you think about the stuff this guy did, like for instance, Pixar, he probably made whatever billions of dollars out of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
And now he's got a company that's valued stock-wise right up there with Exxon. I think they overpassed him for a couple of days last uh, week or something. That's right? just by stock price. It doesn't have to do with assets or anything. Yeah, it was like a market cap thing or something. I don't know. I don't really that, keep that. Market cap is the price of the stock times the number of shares outstanding, which really has nothing to do with the value of the company. I mean, value of the company, Exxon, will dwindle anybody, really. Right, right. And they located right up the road here. Yeah, there you go. Gone to the FBI building. On his, it's actually, when you go by there, it's a very funny feeling because, for one thing, there's no traffic on the street that runs by it because they own the property all around the building. Mm-hmm. Can drive down the main street. It's a big four-lane road with a neutral ground. But there's no traffic on the street. Right. <laughs> it's right. black building behind all the security gates with the they got the uh big cement blocks in front you know like they have in front of the white house oh yeah yeah and crash in and all that i mean it's very spooky i bet i bet i took when tommy and robert were here last i drove them there and i, and I told them i said now the only reason i'm driving you here is because i want you to remember this because I'm about to take you to the grounds of the largest corporation in the history of the world. And Robert's going, it's right around here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's an extraordinary guy, Bill Gates. I mean, he'll go down. But I mean, he those films they showed him last night, he looks dead already. I mean, he looked like he was. Are you talking about Steve Jobs? You said Bill Gates. Steve Jobs. Yeah, he was completely like a skeleton. Yeah, it, it's very, it's frighteningly similar to how watching Mom over the last uh, the last years of her life. That's what I've been thinking about Steve Jobs. Pretty much every time I see him, I see photos or videos of him, I think, oh man. Like, I've seen this before. Yeah. And, uh... Well, when they were saying that, uh, that the inside information was that he was not able to leave his house, it was very unusual for him to leave his house. And, uh, he's kind of lost his ambulatory factors. So... Anyway, I'm you know he probably doesn't have too much longer to go, but I mean it's uh, it's an extraordinary American story. Oh yeah, the, the, yeah, guy, it really is. Yeah, he's a he's a fascinating guy, and I mean, I think uh, you know what I what it always was with with them, and a lot of people probably give me crap about this, but it's uh, they're not money has never been their like sole. Uh, motivating force in anything they've done. And there's a lot of things they took chances on that, I mean, people laughed and mocked for years where, you know, the iPod, when that first came out, everybody was like, wow, this is, it's way overpriced. It has less space than other MP3 players of its time. It only works with Macs at the time. It only worked with Macs. People were like, that's a dead in the water. That thing won't last six months. And it went on to be, (laughs) The still is the most popular MP3 player of any, you know, every single variant of the iPod outsells any other MP3 player on the market since, you know, for the last, what, eight years or something. When the iPhone came out, Steve Ballmer said, if that thing gets more than 1% market share, I'll eat my hat. (laughs) 
And, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was one of those, like, people, like, just laughed and mocked them utterly throughout all their things that they've done. They were the first uh, ones, they were the first computer company to drop the floppy drive. When they brought out the iMac, it didn't have a floppy drive. This is in 1998 or 99, probably 8, 1998. And uh, and people were laughing back then. They were like, it doesn't have a floppy drive. How are you going to get information onto that thing? Three years later. Well, they had, you know. they had these high-tech analyst guys that, you know, they analyze stock and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking about it was a little round table thing of them. I mean, they were from different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about the fact that these other companies that are trying to compete with the iPad are like dropping like flies. Yep. No, there's really no competition for the iPad because nobody's been able to make one you know, like it or something. I don't know exactly. Yeah, the closest was, um, you know, Samsung. But uh, they got they've now it, it's illegal now to sell them in Europe because um, they they violated so many patents by making it that it's now illegal to sell in Europe and they're trying to make it illegal to sell in the U.S. and it's still ongoing. Um, but you know these companies that make these things are all basically me too, me too. They're not innovators and. That's true. That's that's where Apple stands above. And I would say the same thing about Google and, and once upon a time Microsoft is they're innovators. They don't say, oh, people are liking this thing now. We should make one of those too. And when you do that, you're going to be a cheap knockoff of a certain thing. Now, when Apple has, you know, when, for instance, cell phones, it's sort of that people go, well, it's a me too because – you know, everybody had a cell phone or whatever. There's a lot of a lot of tech companies made cell phone software, cell phone hardware, and just basically Apple sat around for years, going, you know, we don't really see a purpose for going into the market. And Steve Jobs has always been that way, where he's like, if he can see the problem with a given technology and the solution to that, then he's interested, and that's when they'll make it. It's not about you know what? We could make a crap ton of money. Uh, you know, there was no app store when they made the cell phone. That came out of uh, people being so excited that they had a computer in their pocket and they wanted to make stuff for it. And Apple was like, no, you can't do that. That's all us. And, and uh, they, they made the decision. You know what? No, let them, let them design stuff for it. And we'll, it has to go through our gate. And we have to look through every line of See, code. See, that's genius know. right there, though. That's genius oh, right there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But they now, here's the other thing. Didn't they, didn't they sue somebody uh, successfully that tried to use the term App Store? You mentioned that before. I haven't. I, I feel like I came across the article, but I didn't really read into it. So I, I don't know for sure. I mean, nobody else can use App Store. The, the term App Store, Apple got it put into some law that they, uh, some rule or something, because they sued somebody that used the terminology and they won the suit. So you know, you can't use App Store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think mo- pretty- most people are <laughs> calling theirs a um, a marketplace. You know, for instance. Yeah, like Amazon has an app marketplace. It's called the Windows 7 has the Windows 7 marketplace. Google has the Chrome Web Store. Um, now, what else can Apple do? I mean, I, I can't. My, well, I mean, right off the bat, next month they're bringing out the new iPhone, which is why I think Steve Jobs picked this time to, to leave so that 
he wouldn't get all the credit for the new iPhone launch and release. Yeah, but what 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 could be different about it? I mean, what's what's it going to do? It's just faster, I guess. Well, I mean, it's going to be faster. It'll have a better camera. It'll be more capable. I mean, look, I don't. Nobody knows yet. I'm sure it'll have a slightly different form factor. It'll probably be thinner. They usually thin it down. They usually make it lighter. I love I love my current iPhone. I mean, I, I've literally, the amount of times I've woken up in the morning and, like, picked it up and just looked at it and been like, hey, this is, if I showed this to 12-year-old me, my jaw would take the rest of its life to get up off the floor. It's just so incredible, just this little slab. Now, I, I, isn't it expensive to use, though? No. I mean, you have to pay for the time you use to get all the internet stuff and all, don't you? No, I have an unlimited everything plan, so I pay about a hundred bucks. Is that include for the cell phone and everything? It's hundred yep. bucks. Yeah, I have unlimited everything, so. Because I mean, I spend about eighty bucks just on my cell phone service. Yeah. See, I, I, I mean, don't I, use it for anything. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, it could be. I mean, it can get expensive if you if you don't play your cards right. If you think you're not going to use a lot of data and then you end up using a lot of data, then it's yeah, you're screwed. Then you're paying four hundred, five hundred dollars. But you know, I, I just when I got it, there was the option of unlimited, so I got it, and I guess they're dropping that soon. So, but I don't use that much data, so it's not you know I I pretty much when I do big you know things with it uh data wise I, I connect to a wireless network you know i have one at the office i have one here at home i have my friends have them you know i can go to any starbucks in the country and it's free there you know so many places use just a free wi-fi network chilling so i just use that when i need to actually do anything i see you know but that makes sense you know okay now we now we have the christopher columbus segment oh great here we go I don't want to actually, I worry that we're going to run out of Christopher Columbus stuff by the time. Oh, well, there's no way. There's okay. no chance. Uh, well, I mean, not with we you. We won't live long enough. Yeah. This is an example of that because this is about 120 years after Christopher Columbus had died. Uh-huh. What I wanted to bring up to you related to the Columbian Exchange, as the guy in the 1493 book called. In 1616, which is about 110 years after Columbus died, mm-hmm. the first Africans were shipped to the New World by the Spanish. Okay? Okay. Now, at that time, they were not actually slaves as far as ownership goes. They were used as workers on plantations in Virginia to farm tobacco. Okay. This tobacco was then shipped to the Western Europe, mostly England, Spain, France, those companies, those countries, and it became a tremendous product profitable-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were shipping this stuff. They couldn't make enough of it. Uh, they were shipping hundreds of thousands of people to the New World just to have a farm that farmed tobacco. Hmm. How about that? Yeah. All right, all right. Because <laughs> there was no tobacco before there was Christopher Columbus. Okay. That's the thing you got to remember. So, anyway, these people that came, particularly those that came just to be farmers of tobacco, 
are the ones that then began to bring with them product from Europe. Cattle, for instance, cows, pigs, goats, horses. There was nothing like that in North America at the time. Hmm. Columbus, the Columbian Exchange. Hmm. So all of that stuff that came over here and then went back across the stuff that was here, the tomatoes, the potatoes, all that stuff, the corn, the tobacco, all that American stuff, then begin to get shipped in different parts of the world. And that's why they call it the Colombian Exchange, because he was the start of that. Whoops. Here's that cell phone. That would be a phone call. Sounds like it. Let it go to the voicemail. I feel like I I'm, I feel like I'm back in 2005 or something. This is a golf call is what this is. Yeah. It's got to do with the league. It's going to go off in a minute. There it goes. Okay. You don't silence your ringer when you're... Uh... Anyway, I, just wanted up, I wanted to bring up the fact that, that the African part of this thing, which was a Spanish operation, was actually because they needed workers to f- help them farm the tobacco fields. Now, from that, of course, came Africans doing other things, mostly down in the Caribbean and South America, Brazil and down that way. So anyway, that was the, that was the beginning of it. And it was 110 years after Columbus died, so we can't really blame Columbus. Right, right. It's the voicemail ding. Huh. Yeah, yeah. See, I always I, I mute my phone for the most part when I'm home. Do you? Yeah, I don't. You know, Just I don't, turn it off, basically, around nine o'clock. Usually, oh, I couldn't do that. I'd be, I'd go insane. Why? You're just going to get a bunch of voicemails. Well, no, why would I only get voicemail? No, I mean, like, uh, again, it's connected all the time. So if somebody mentions me on Twitter or sends me a message on Facebook or emails me or calls me or sends me a text oh, message. Oh, you got to be, got to be tied into that. Now, this is good because I'm transitioning from that to my Mad Men segment. Okay. I now, haven't watched that in a while. Familiar at all with Mad Men? Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it in a while. I think I think I got about halfway through the third season before I stopped watching it. Just I didn't have oh, okay. the time, so okay. I have to catch up. It, it it's it's not running right now. The new the new season will not begin until like February. And that's fourth season or fifth? Fifth season. All right, so I'm a season and a yeah, half behind. Completed four seasons at this point. Okay. And if you have U-verse, the entire fourth season is on demand. I'm I'm sure it's probably I I could definitely find it if I needed to. But yeah, just, yeah, that's true. If you needed to get it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to bring, uh, I wanted to bring up about Mad Men that that I find I find it for one thing it rivals The Sopranos in my opinion from the quality of it as as far as that goes. The uh, the actual drama of it doesn't rival it, but right. The, the, the quality of it, it's so well written and it's so accurate. Um, but if you think about the Mad Men, the Mad Men series is before John F. Kennedy became president. It's actually taking place during the election, the Nixon-Kennedy election. Mm. Okay. 
It's before Robert Kennedy was assassinated. It's before John uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. It's before the Vietnam War. It's before Microsoft and Apple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's well, it's before the Beatles. So what happens is when you think really, of it, it's before the Beatles. Absolutely. Huh. Okay. The Beatles came to the United States in the sixties. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying they wasn't born because they're my age. No, I know. I mean, I I assumed that Mad Men was. They weren't in the United States until after. I assume that Mad Men was like mid to late sixties. So I assume. No, it's got to be fifty nine, sixty because they're right now in the middle of the Nixon Kennedy election, which was nineteen sixty. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So uh, what I'm getting at is. It's kind of fascinating to think of our country moving from that period when most people were quite happy. Uh. <laughs> One thing, smoking was very much common. Yeah, and I saw that. I saw that. Like that. It's you know, and and mothers were not working. You know, they were home with the kids, taking care of the kids. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot. You had a lot more of a. Uh, I guess you could say middle class would be all right. Contentment. Mm-hmm. You weren't as you weren't as stressed as you are now because you didn't have all the stuff that we now have, and you didn't go through all the stuff that people went through in the sixties, the three major assassinations, the Vietnam War, and blah 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 blah. This was before any of that stuff. Yeah, and. When you think of the stuff that sprouted from the period after the Mad Men into the 60s and 70s, it, it kind of makes the Mad Men segment so glorious to me. I mean, I'm thinking, wow, what, how lives were so nice then. <laughs> For some. And, and, and they portray it that, that way very well. I mean, they... they they certainly have some negatives that they bring out that that would be considered a negative, but I think it had a lot to do with being an American, which you don't have anymore. And I think I think that's the biggest difference is, is that that feeling, which they very seldom bring up in this. Right. They never talk patriotism or anything like that. Yeah, and the only politics they ever talk about is the fact that they're representing Nixon on this on this speaking tour he's gone on. That's the only time you hear in politics. So it's very centered on that advertising. So anyway, that was my uh, two topics right there. See, I got topics. You don't come up with topics. I had a topic. Skeleton head in a backpack. Is that uh, what is that for? What's that? That skeleton head you got behind you there. What what is what is that? This. Uh, well, what's his name? Or her name? I didn't give him or her a name. It's a friend made it for me. You see, it's a. It uses a jaw hinge as a stand, basically, and then the head comes off or the top uh, comes yeah. off. And uh, I keep uh, hookah in there. Hookah tobacco. Hookah? I don't want to know about that. Okay. <laughs> Keeps hookah tobacco over there. Yeah, it's flavored. It's just flavored tobacco. It just it 
it's kind See, of, it's relaxing. Well, here's here's the way I feel about those fifties and mid sixties. Mm-hmm. I feel like most people today, if they could experience that, would be happier, including you. Right. Well, I uh, really, I really believe that. I, I I thoroughly believe that. It's just it was so much easier to be happy. I guess is what I'm saying. It was just easy. It was not difficult at all. Right. And you can see how that can be. I mean, it's, it's, it's you just there's, have. Uh, there's been an argument made either way, but I think that uh, the the happiness, quote unquote, of the um, of that time period came at the cost of uh, uh, repressing others. So you know, there's certainly something repressing to be said. Repressing others? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the overt sexism, uh, you know, the racism, uh, various things like that. That were not. Um, never heard. You never heard those terms. You never heard that. No, I'm not saying you did because nobody thought of it back then. It was not a. It was not a feature of people's lives at all. Yeah, I realize that they didn't. They they, they were. You see, that doesn't make it bad, because because it, it was not part of your life. It certainly you weren't missing anything. Well, not not if you're uh, you know well-to-do white guy. Sure, you're fine. You're good to go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, congrats. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's, look, that's look, the middle class of... white men are still doing just fine. They're, they're... The point I'm making is the guilt trip that they try to lay on you today when they add on all the stuff they do to that, mm. it, it it takes away from livability. I mean, it just does. It just makes things that much tougher. I know. Reality is a real, real yeah. harsh, real yeah. harsh mistress, yeah. isn't it? Do what now? I said reality's a real harsh mistress, isn't she? Well, it's, you know, reality could be anything. You know, you could talk about Cambodia or something. I mean, there's all kinds of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the the point is, if you're going to if you're going to live that kind of a life where all of the bad things and that are around you that you can do very little if any a thing about dominates your every thought so that you take it into account each time you make a decision or you say something there's a certain amount of stress involved in that yeah okay you didn't have that then is my point and it it was a very nice way to survive life right and my and all i'm all i'm saying is that for those you can't do it you can't have that same feeling anymore those those left out of the out of the uh the bubble if you will the comfort bubble were 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 not in a good place and nobody gave a crap because as you were just saying they didn't need to you know that you could actually, do you know that you can actually find, and there was one on TV tonight, in fact, on Fox Radio, on Fox TV, on the business channel. It was a black guy. You do realize that black, there are black people that would like to return to the time when we always now talk about how horrible it was for them. Because a lot of them, in fact, they made a movie called Garden State. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It had Edie Falco in it. And it was about this subject. Because it was a section of Florida that was at one time all black. Mm -hmm. They had their own beach, their own businesses, their own little houses on the water. 
And what's happened is the developers have come along and they no longer can live like that, like they lived before. Cheap, inexpensive, among themselves. When they went to the store, it was a black-owned store. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, there's, there's... They, missed, they missed that. See, they missed well, that. There's, uh, there's so many. There's so many. Uh, there's no, I'm just so, saying. There's, but there's, there's so many levels that you're that you're kind of ignoring to make this point. I mean, take the take the Chicago riot, the Chicago race riots is a. It was a segregated beach, and a black kids, uh, three black kids were out swimming in the water, and their their tube that they were swimming in went over the the invisible line that they couldn't see because they're in the water. And uh, you know, what I'm tell you when you say all this, you know what I'm going to say, right? I, I don't actually. Well, I, I was around for that period. Right, I'm saying no effect on me the, at all. The, the the kid was killed with a rock to the skull by a white guy. It had no effect on me at all. His two black friends dragged him to the beach. Yeah. Uh, they they were like, "Oh, he's bleeding. Somebody get the ambulance. Somebody get the police. Whatever." Police showed it had up. No effect on me is my point. I get that, and your point is. I mean, I know what happened. I mean, yeah, it was pretty. Your point so- is basically, as long as I don't see it, I don't care what evil is in the world around me. Well, like, that's your point. I don't understand why I have to deal with stuff that doesn't affect me. It's not part of my life. It's not present in my life. Why would I want to stress out about something like that? It's ridiculous. It's just it's just about basically uh, doing it's what you can to, to help because uh, it's uh, what basically what it comes down to is it's unfortunate for those people who are left out of the comfort bubble that they are being left out and through no default of their own and to say, well, ah, I'm just not going to. And a mistake right there when you said no fault of their own. Oh, it's their fault for being black, or what's what's the no, problem there? They have a choice. They can go to school and not go to jail. For instance, you're talking today, here and now. Talking you, you're right talking now. Back then, theoretically, and they could they could well, go to school, but they would go to an all black school. Well, look, it's theoretically, there's a lot of could this, that, and the other thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a it's it's set in stone black and white it ha- it's definitely that's the that's the problem that that you see in in these public debates about uh class welfare or class welfare warfare class warfare is that it's this it, the the haves if you will say to the have nots you have not because you chose to have not which uh, we could go back a few podcasts ago when you were talking about those young boys that you saw who were college going and you were golfing with them and you said they're going to have a real nice life. Absolutely. I mean, I think about that sentence probably 20 times a day. Uh, Absolutely. There's nothing false about it. I'm not saying there's anything false about it, but what I'm saying is that, yes, they're going to have a nice life, relatively speaking, but uh, that's... But they, well, what's wrong with that? They, nothing. That's I'm not. Point is, where is negative to that's that? Not, it's not negative that they're having a nice life. I, ideally, everybody should have a nice life. I'm not I'm certainly not downplaying that. Uh, what I'm saying is that in, not everybody they, should have a nice life. Well, bad people, I suppose, shouldn't. If they've done bad, bad then they shouldn't. Go. But but what yeah. I'm saying is that that they were given this all the things that they have they didn't not, they haven't had to do a lot to get where they are and frankly i think if you compared 
I mean, if you compare the amount of work that that a that a person born into poverty, Steve Jobs is a perfect example. The amount of work that Steve Jobs has had to put forth in his life to do anything at all, yeah, dwarfs anything that all of those guys you're talking about combined will ever do in their lives. Yeah, and yet they will probably end up richer than he ever was, or close to, but at least rich. And and that's what I'm saying. That's it's. it's but then, not, what's wrong with that? I'm not saying it's wrong insofar as like they need. I'm well, I mean, saying, well, what's the negative to that? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see any negative. Well, I, know, I know you don't see that. I mean, that's why. But where's the negative? It's I just want to know. To have no, the conversation. No. You don't see that there's anything wrong with that. What well, was wrong with not. that? Well, what's wrong what could with be wrong about that? Look, I don't. I don't that, that situation isn't wrong. What's wrong is the assumption. That because somebody is part of the haves, part of this comfort bubble, the assumption that everyone could theoretically be in there if they just worked hard enough is a false assumption. It's it's a false uh, relation, a false dichotomy, I believe is the word well, I'm looking for. But well, that's not the truth, though. Not everybody has up, the opportunity back, to make what they can. Up. Let's back up a minute. The particular people, let's take me for example. Okay, let's take you, for example. Let's say that in one of the seven or eight attempts I've made to become wealthy, one of them had happened. Okay. You know, back in the 70s, the late 70s, 78, 79, 80. That was the closest I came. So let's say one of them had happened the way I had dreamed it would, and I became wealthy. Mm -hmm. You can put your own number on wealthy, but I'm talking about just wealthy. Wealthy to do whatever I want to do. Sure. I don't need a number, but yeah, I get what you're okay. saying. What that would mean is my children, my grandchildren, and for the rest of time will always have a leg up. Yes. They will always have that. Any ancestor of mine that runs down my valley of bloodline after me, kids, grandkids, grand great-grandkids, blah, 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 all the way down, every one of them is going to be touched by that success I had. Yes. Okay? Now, if you take however far down you want to go, you're going to go to your level or to your kid's level or to your kid's kid's level, that person is going to be somewhat endowed with a success that they obviously didn't put do themselves. Yes. Okay? Yes. It's going to give them a certain statue that they wouldn't have without the help. Yes. The insistence. Well, that's what happens in America. Yes. That's the way it works. Now, because a poor person is poor today, a black woman with seven children and no husband, living on food stamps, if you want to use that example, I don't care what example you use. If you want to use, I, I'm not criticizing her. She needs the food stamps, okay? Mm -hmm. I just criticize people that don't need it, that get it fraudulently. That's the thing I don't like. If you need it, you get it. That's the way it should be. But that woman has very, very long odds in having her kids become like my kids would be. Very long odds. 
chances are not real good, unless one of them becomes an NBA basketball player or something. Sure, of course. Okay? Yes. Which, you know, fairly large, long shot. Yeah. Okay, so that's the point. The point is that America grew to what it is today because of people that became wealthy from doing a tremendous amount of work, whether it was hard labor or whether it was mental aptitude or whether it was just innovation in some product they made, whatever it was, they became wealthy and those following them were automatically wealthy. Absolutely. Now that's that's what's happened. That's the way it is today. It was like that before I was born and it's like that now. And those guys that I mentioned to you that you so vividly remember, which I'm very happy to hear, those golfers, <clears throat> those golfers and this is not every golfer I mean, no have, no but i'm talking about that group the the very nice life boys came okay. from those type of families mm-hmm. that had that money and that wealth and that position passed down to them yes they start their lives with that plus donald yeah. trump is one of them yeah there's i look i don't have I, i'm not i wouldn't take that away from them where, okay. Where the issue comes up is that those people, and and it's it's like through and through you hear it, and and there's a a tinge of it in in what you say, is this is this well you have a well it's like this well you have a choice, and then I what I'm saying is let's say if you put it on a let's say a percentage scale let's say a hundred percent is your set for the rest of your life you could you could never work another day in your life and you'd still be very very well off. You'd say you'd always be a millionaire, no matter, unless you intentionally threw it all away. Uh, let's say that's 100%, just for the sake of this analogy, right? Now, if you're born Wait, in... Can I stop you before you start this, just to make sure you're not adding this in? <laughs> okay. You're trying to insinuate that all these kids of the wealthy people are not going to work. No, I'm not saying that at all, no. Okay, okay. No. go okay. ahead then. Okay, so let's just suppose... Um, you know, that that's the richest you can get. For the sake of this analogy, the richest you can get is a million dollars. And once you reach that, you're good for life. Okay. Uh, just for this. So right. if you're born into a family wherein your your father has already reached that million, uh, you could start you, you, you start off at around seventy, let's say, or seventy five, maybe even eighty percent towards that hundred percent that we talked about. If yeah. you're born uh, as one of those seven children to the to the woman living in the ghetto, uh, living off food stamps, et cetera, et cetera, you start at about 5% at best. Uh, oh, you're not even close to 5%. Okay. Less than 1%. 100 to 1%. So maybe. now if, if the guy born into the 80% family does makes his own way to the remaining 20%, he's set. He's good. Now, yeah. for the poor people... The, the ones who at the, let's say, less than 1%, if they do the same amount of work, they work their butt off just as hard, they will still be at 20% of that goal. So yeah. what I, so that's what I'm saying, is that if you... Well, well, what's, what's the, what, what, well, what's look, the a, proposal? A, apples to apples, if they did the same amount of work, they would not... Yeah, but they, they're not going to do the same amount of work. They're going to do a different kind of work, for one thing. Well, but, I mean... When you say the same amount of work, do you mean hours, physical labor? What, what do you mean by that, when you say the same amount of work? Well, however you want to measure that. Let's, uh, 
hours well, I mean, is kind of. I measure it. I mean, like, if I measure it in work that's done with 150 employees that I'm paying, that's not going to compare too bad, too good to the guy that's in the 1% because he's not going to be able to do that. Right. Well, I'll get a perfect analogy. That work, you see. Perfect example is, is Adam Carolla, who who would agree with you for most of these things, because he says the same kind of, oh, you just got to work, you got to work, because he his mom still lives in the house that he grew up in. In the, in the book that he wrote, there's a photo of his quote-unquote room that is literally no larger than my kitchen, and she, his mom still lives there, and she's just never worked. He doesn't. She doesn't, you know, whatever, yeah. basically food stamp child. He was so hungry as a child that he entered a pie-eating competition and just grabbed the pie out of the pan and walked it home, yeah, holding on to this pie just so he had something to eat. So is he a success story? He is a success story. He's now, you know, multimillionaire. He's got all these different things. Now, he was saying that, you know, he, he didn't have any aspirations of being famous or anything like this. He just wanted to, you know, find a place to live. And so he would talk about how he, he was a construction worker. Uh, he was a plumber. He was a, a boxing instructor. He was a lot of things. He did a number of odd jobs, and that's his big thing. Is he was saying, "Look, I just always went out and said, look, what can I do for this work? What can I do for this work?'" Because he so loathed coming from this lazy mom that he had that he wanted to never be like that, and ultimately he isn't. And obviously his kids will benefit, and that's great. And I'm not downplaying that at all. I think that's wonderful, and it's a great, great story. It's very similar to what happened to Steve Jobs. His Mom, so what what uh, should happen? Him. Well, what would be your conclusion to this? I don't have a. I don't have a. Any... I mean, is there something that you think he, the guy, should do for the guy that doesn't have uh, the the eighty percent? I mean, is I, that I, what it I is? Think, I, it, really, what it comes down to is it's a mindset. If you if we looked at the mindset that you can't just say, oh well, you had the choice to live a normal life, but you decided to sell drugs and and rob houses and go to prison. Well, isn't that true? No. Sure it is. No, I you not, take, not If you take one of this woman's seven kids, okay, whether it's a male or a female, take one of those that woman's seven kids, mm-hmm. and you put him in high school, public school, and he studies, and he does his homework. He doesn't have to be a genius. He makes B's and B plus and C and A once in a while, and he goes through, and then he decides he's going to go to college, and he gets a loan, and he goes to college. And he finds something while he's in college that interests him, architecture, journalism, engineer, whatever it is. Sure. Okay, and he goes and he finishes college and he graduates. And he meets a lot of people along the way, people that are already successful or come from one of these families that we're talking about. So maybe he gets a job with one of them. Or maybe he's able to get a job on his own that's a real good job. And he takes some of that money and he, he starts his own business. So that's where, that's what happens in a lot of cases. But there's also a lot of cases where that little black kid from that poor family is in an environment where the only way to make money is to sell drugs on the corner. Yeah, that's all they know. Like that, so, in, okay, that in that what, situation, I that understand. would be all that that person And that's what he does, and he ends up going to jail. And... Right, but that's not – I wouldn't say that's a choice in so far – I mean, yes, it's not like he he uh, was well, the, forced into it. No, but I – can't – you cannot – But it's based on the – it's – it's, You cannot expect whatever it is you expect to happen to that kid with the drug selling. 
for someone to come along and take him out of there and put him in a new car and a new house, and suddenly he's going to be a different guy. No, I don't think that's not the case. Happen. No, I'm with you there. Right? That, that's not going to happen. Well, uh, what do you want to have happen? I, I'm what just, would, uh, just I'm literally talking. This is uh, look. I you know I don't I don't have a magic wand. All I'm talking about is mindset. I understand, but change the mind- the, you change the mindset, and in the in the, the mindset is basically well. They got themselves into that situation. I had to work for what I have, and it's this you know this assumption that everybody just sort of makes their own way. But only the successful people say that, you know. I know, uh, but the point is, and, and they're usually they came from success. The they were given is, a lot of opportunities. You can't deny that it's true. If a person decides to go to school, get an education, find a profession, go to work save his money, get married, buy a house, get two cars, have kids, and live happily ever after, that's that's America right there. That's, that's, what one, that's one of the options. But, I mean, look, if you go to a... If you're it, is, a it is a successful scenario. If you're, if you're going to a, a, you know, a terrible school in a terrible neighborhood that's got terrible education, you know, <laughs> you're not given the same opportunity to learn that well. Oh, that's the word I've been waiting for you to hear. What? Given. What's that? The word was given you just used. He yes. wasn't given the opportunity. Okay, just like That's the, where you're going with this whole that's thing. Wh- well, we got wait, 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 wait. Let's go to the golf boys. They no, were you, given. You want to give these people something. You want to give oh, it to them. Jesus Whatever God. it is. I don't know what it is. I don't want to get into I that. Now you're just gone. You've gone off the rails again. I, I I will say, like, look, we differ greatly on on a number. No, of, uh, this is one of them. You're, you're, the reason that's a key word is <laughs> you're saying the rich kid that's playing golf was given his success. Uh, no, he was given a huge head start. Okay, he was given though. He was given. He has some given involved. It was some. You given. mean you would you'd, you'd agree with that as well? I assume. Absolutely. He's okay. Given. All right. All right. So so the child so the child in the ghetto who was not. Who was literally, as we already talked about, at zero percent. So given literally nothing. So okay, so 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 here's you, isn't it kids, isn't it they beneficial? They are not given anything. Right. Isn't it beneficial for so society? Do you want, as is that a what whole? you want? You want them to be given something. Is that what you want? <laughs> huh? Uh in a sense, but I I feel like I'm being backed into a straw man <laughs> argument here. That's the way I argue. Is, is that, that's that's just you're just waiting for an opportunity to go, I've backed you into this corner because I have no other place to go. No, but, I'm getting, but what I'm saying I'm you say what I want you to say. What I'm is it's better for it's better for society as a whole, we can all agree, if people are not uh in if people are not uh, feeling as though uh their options and their influence around them runs them into doing things like uh committing crime or avoiding school, things like that. That's not good for anybody. That's not good for society, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If we can alleviate uh, some of those hurdles and or help in some regard, we're helping ourselves, really. I mean, if you can, it's like uh, it's like that movie Land of the Dead, uh, where all the all the rich people lived in the giant tower. And everybody else just had to deal with the zombies down below. And the tower was, you know, fortified and steel. And it was like, 
Yeah. yeah, they got a they got a nice paradise going on up there. But one zombie gets in, and there's swimming pools and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was a good movie, but <laughs> it, you know, one zombie gets in and screws up the whole thing because you now you got a zombie in there, and they don't know how to deal with that. Hey, so, you let the jungle. You you opened up the jungle and left in, and you let the you let the, the zombies come out of the jungle. I mean, you know, uh, or they broke in or whatever. But you know, look when somebody when a it's that thing of you know I live in Hollywood. I I would it's it's sort of accepted that I shouldn't walk around at night at you know eleven o'clock at night holding my wallet in my hand because God knows what'll happen you know and yeah. <laughs> you know I, I had a friend a photographer friend who had like a four thousand dollar camera and he was taking some photos midday uh, taking some photos of a, of a model in an alleyway or something like that I don't know just taking you know yeah. tasteful shots. And uh, scary. a guy came up while he was taking a photo, grabbed his camera, and just beat him over the head with his own camera until he passed out and walked off with $4,000 worth of camera equipment. You know, that's that's a, a terrible thing to happen to anybody. And uh, that's a person who does not have their own $4,000 camera. I'm not saying that I would give it to them so that, you know, to, to prevent them, but that's a mindset that was created over a number of years. Um, I, I think that it's beneficial for a society. I know that it's beneficial for a society if people um, born into a, extremely terrible situations are provided, given, however you want to phrase it, with some sort of head start. Push them, you know. Uh, they're, you, know they're, what, you know what's the, one of the biggest big wheels at the bottom of a hill. You should, you know. One of the biggest problems that a guy like me has with that is... I have so many examples of the giving being fraudulent. There's so many examples of that. I'm not saying that there isn't abuse. And it really bothers me to think of who it is making the decision as to who's going to get the gift. But look, there's it two just ways to go on that. There's that two ways to go on that. Bothers. On the one, ideally, in a, in a, if I don't have any. I really don't have any problem with. Like the thing that Bill Gates has with the with the kids and all that. I mean, I I don't have any problem with any of that stuff. And the stuff that the church I go to does, you know, we we donate money every Sunday. You're given to these children programs for. So, so your concern is is that you think all of the all the uh, handouts beyond that are are all fraud, or are you just no, worried no. about the few cases some where these, there is? Some of these are probably fraud. I well, mean, there's uh, people in this world, believe it or not, that will take everything you give them, mm-hmm. and waste it. Absolutely, and and I yeah. look. I, Those people uh, are making it tough for the people you're talking about because a guy like me always suspects that's what's going to happen. Right. So you have you you. But, I mean, look, you don't just hand Eric, things over. I'm, I'm not talking about handing things over and just saying, well, have fun, because, yeah, people will take advantage. But there's kind, well, of, there's kind of two routes to that. There's there's one route, which is you, you just don't be stupid about it, where it's like, look, I will help you help yourself, but we're not just going to throw things at you at, no matter how, how far you fall. Because I've seen that fail in my own, but, you know, my, no, but you, know you can what? recall there's my no stepsister. Thing. My stepsister that, that you know, uh, she was on drugs throughout all the high school. She got kicked out of three different high schools. I mean, that girl could not fall. She fell and fell and fell, and they picked her back up. 
I mean, she Who's got it? more. My stepsister, Brittany. Uh, yeah, well, girl. that's 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 a, a, her, her father would not let her fall, and she never learned any sort of lesson. She just fell and fell and gets picked right back up again. And her life. I mean, we don't need to go into it, but you know what I'm saying. I I'm with you. Yeah. There are there's going to be abuses. There's going to be. So what I'm saying is, help people help themselves. If they're not helping themselves with your help. Then you cut off the help. And they'll learn to help themselves thereafter. I'm not saying just hand it to people and walk away. But then the other side of it is, you know, hey, uh, if if out of 100 cases, three people are uh, uh, abusing the system, whatever. I've got 97 people that, I give are, you a statistic. that are saved out of 100 give, that aren't. Can I give you a statistic on this? Sure. Let's let's load up the uh... <laughs> nearly nearly 90 percent. It's like 89.5 or something like that. Mm hmm. Nearly 90% of the people on welfare programs, whether it be Social Security Disability, food stamps, welfare for having 25 kids, whatever it is, entitlements, nearly 90% of those people will get those entitlements their entire lives. Okay. That's a broken words, system. They never get off of the given. Okay, there's... They never... They Yes, one, that's a broken system. Two, that doesn't necessarily mean that that those people wouldn't work if if told basically, hey, we'll cut this off. That also doesn't necessarily mean that yeah, you there know, is. You sound like now. You sound like the Tea Party, because that's what they want to do. They want to make all welfare a qualification process where you have to qualify every quarter or whatever it is for the for the welfare. I dare not want, tread into their waters to find out what. Over and over again so that you can't stay on it for your whole life. Yeah, well, really, I, I think uh, it's... A Tea Party person. No, no, is. see, now, I, the, now the Tea Party, no, was what they're doing, that's, that's like you backing people into a corner. That's the same thing. not talking about and, uh, I'm, I'm telling you right now, there, there's no, the there is no chance in hell that they agree with my statements no, I, and, I, and they're and they're like, yes, that's what we want. There's I'm, no chance. What they're I'm, instead doing is they're trying to destroy that system entirely by breaking I'm, it down systematically. I'm making it funny. They they uh, yeah. they feel the exact same way you do about getting people off welfare by making them qualify over and over again so that they can't stay on for their whole life. That's what that's all I'm saying. Right. Well, I, I'm not I, a yeah. party person, so uh, no, I know, it's but me. But they but I I think that really what it comes down to is they're they're doing the, the middleman thing, break down the system by pretending to agree with it, and then where taking, are we going? I don't want to talk about this. this is politics. I'm just. I'm sorry. I said tea not, party. This is like psych, uh, psychology. Oh, this is tea. I don't want to go on into. I'm not it. talking about tea party specifically. Double so, with. I don't want to hear it. It's uh, it's politics. To, I'm not talking about the tea party. Talking sorry, back to I the subject that we were just on. What about politics? Oh my God, the subject we were just on. I freaking hate it when i can't make a point i know but the you're subject not, we were just on it. if it's politics I'm i don't want to hear back it. to the subject we were just on by saying that the problem oftentimes is that <laughs> you have you have situations wherein a system could work but there are people who just from the outset are against it in theory 
or in in any fashion, and they'll try to destroy it. Let me so let me make allowance. So I they, interrupt uh, this because I'm not listening to it. It's no, totally I, I, I don't want to talk about all right, it. Whatever. Here's here's what I, here's the thing about all of these things. This is what happens when we talk about the politics. I feel the same way. That's why I don't want to hear it. You see, Mitchell, I believe that you would be so much more successful at whatever it is you do if you didn't let your brain get sucked into these kind of subjects. Whether it's right or wrong, I'm not even talking about that. I'm not talking about one side or the other, or somebody's right and the other side's wrong. I don't disagree with you at all. I, I think you need to leave that whole thing out of your life. Just take it out. Right. It's, well, it's like I, carrying around an extra anvil on your back or something. You just need to remove it. Right. I, I don't, you, dis- I don't disagree with successful. you. I don't, be successful. I, don't, just, I do not disagree with you on that. Okay, good. I don't. Now, I but I don't care. Okay. See, I I would because look, I would rather be. I, I would rather be. I would rather feel. You're going to talk about this whether I want you to hear it or I'm not. Just tell, I'm just so, responding me, to what you said. I would rather feel like a compassionate human that I am, and 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 make my way and be successful. Over dropping all of that and just being heartless and being not, more successful. I'm not saying you're not going to be successful. I'm saying you would be more successful. Yes, quick. by dropping any compassion for fellow human beings. Uh, I'm not willing to do that. All of that stuff on your brain all the time. I mean, you could go yeah. on. If I let you go, I'll guarantee you tomorrow morning at 11:30 we would still be listening to you talking about it. Okay. I was. And that was my point. Was that, was, that I understand. That was the end that. of my point. I just said that that was a comparison. It's, oh, it is. It's not, I, look, I, you've got it. yourself to where it's like this major part of your brain, and you need to get it completely wiped out of your brain because guess what? It, 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 you can't do anything about it. I, I disagree with you there. You're not to be able to change it yourself. I, I, I disagree. I, I definitely can oh, do something about it. If you became the president of the United States, you wouldn't be able to change it. Oh, I would find a way. I okay. would never become the president, but but I, I would find a way. That's the, that's the goal. It's either that or I say, hey, to hell with everybody. I'm rising to the top. I don't care who gets crushed along the way. And that's not who I am. I don't want to be that person. Well, I never want to be that person. That you need to just you need to pass on that whole subject right there. That whole conglomeration of mess and. No. Uh, I, would feel like, I would feel like a soulless pile of crap. A, a terrible person if I just said, no, to hell with everybody. I'm skyrocketing the top. I didn't say you say to hell with everybody. I didn't say that. I mean, that's... that's Saying uh, the subject matter, the size of the subject that you're dealing with, whatever it is, when you take on a subject matter that large and it becomes such a part of your process of thought and your opinions and your constant whatever it is you do to communicate it, it's taken up a piece of your brain that could be doing other things that would make you happier and every other thing. Counterpoint I'm, to that. If I, if I'm telling, I, you, I'm telling you something I know. Counter, not, well, this is what you do. This is where I say you don't know because counterpoint to that is things that, things so, that, things that upset me, things that upset me 
whatever yeah. it might be, whether it's that subject or any other, things that upset me, I find a way to deal with via comedy. And in so doing, uh, I can go up on a stage and I can talk about these things and people go, wow, he's really making some good points. I feel that way too. That was really funny. I'm feeling better about my situation because he put it in a funny light. And now I feel better. I can go to work tomorrow with a smile on my face instead of a shotgun in my mouth. That's great. Now I can become a successful comedian off of that. So I would argue actually that I'd be more successful, at least in what I want to do, if I do keep those thoughts around. By dropping so you're down, a social, drop so you're a social commentary comedian, basically. You see my DVD. Yeah, I run the gamut. You know, I mean, I'm not above like a silly joke. Uh, you know, but I, I, I do like to overall make a point about life the whole time I'm up there. Whether it's some menial, jokey sex joke or whatever, it's still everything's a a, a metaphor really for for life, and I like that. Yeah, that's what I want to. That's what. I, Bring people happiness uh, by by pointing a mirror at the weird stuff or the or the uncomfortable subjects. That's what I like you to think do. You bring anybody happiness when you're talking about uh, poor people and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jeez. Absolutely. Yeah, the way I yeah I mean look only you, in it, California could that be happiness. That's not, that's not true at all. I I mean look Jeez. I I talk look when I on the, on when I on my DVD when I have the the whole the Republicans bit. Uh, People were clapping the whole time, laughing. I mean, it, friends of mine, you know, hit me up and said, I, I still love that bit. I played it for a friend the other day. They loved it, you know. you think any of those people are going to do anything about any of them? Like I said, even if I'm just a catalyst for people feeling better about their situation, then that's fine. That's That helps. That's that's putting, well, I, positive, you, that's putting positivity I, I, into the world. And I said before, it's all about the mental stuff. All I can say is God bless you trying to do what you're doing because that's a, that's a tough road you're trying to carry right there, in what, my opinion. What are they, what's the other option? I just I, I talk about Pop-Tarts on stage and and and, and coffee cups and, and uh, you know. Well, I would say the road what? has already been paved and it could be followed a little closer. That's all I'm saying. Well, definitely. I can't, don't disagree with you there. Yeah. So that's I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But, you know, you're old enough and mature enough and certainly smart enough to deal with all of that on your own in your own way. So I'm, I'm not going to go down there. But I do, I do think that there's a certain benevolence to what you're talking about doing it's just that i've never seen it become anything of any consequence myself maybe you'll change that whole way of thinking i don't know i'd hey, like to be know, part of that change, part of that saying change it so that it becomes like you want it yeah that's i, I mean you know that's all you can do yeah try to do try to affect change if i don't change it maybe i'll inspire somebody else Okay. And, so that's fine. And not All specifically right, that, by the way. Just real quick, uh, I know where we're going to go here. Uh, it's not specifically that subject. Uh, that subject specifically, I, I rarely ever talk about. I, I'm just talking about any um, sort of weird injustices or, or, or human behavior that I think is in, is in order of change, in need of change. I have a whole rant in my act right now about Jersey Shore um, compared to what I do and why I'm getting sick of irony and sarcasm is because it encourages people to watch terrible, terrible art that, and, and paying terrible artists to do terrible art. And so I make the, 
the joke. I say, see, I'm trying to be a comedian. I'm trying to make a living at this. And and uh, the Jersey Shore people are millionaires. And I ask my friends, why do you watch that terrible crap? And I say, oh, because it's just so bad. I said, so I'm starting to think I should come up on stage and just stare at you all real creepy-like and tell really awkward knock-knock jokes. And every time you try to laugh, I'll jump off stage and punch you in the crotch. And it doesn't sound that funny, but you'd go home tonight and your friend would say, hey, how was that show? And you'd say, it was all right. But then there was this one guy who told these really awkward knock-knock jokes while staring at us all creepy-like. And then I laughed out of discomfort and he punched me in the crotch. And your friend will say, <laughs> wow, really? When's he performing again? <laughs> okay, I get you. See, social comment. All right, we got to roll with the all social right. comment. There you go. All right. Well, I, we had a very thorough, uh, a very thorough evening. We went from Jobs to Christopher Columbus to the madmen to the poor black woman with the seven kids to the rich people that pass their money around. Yeah. yeah. To you changing the world so that it's all nice and happy and everybody's jing singing Jingle Bell. Uh, if I had it my way, okay. we wouldn't we wouldn't be on this world. We we travel the space, travel the stars, go to other planets. That's where we need to be. Just remember, there is eternal life. Of course. Just remember that. Yeah, I never doubted that. Be careful out there. I love you, and we're getting. I've got to sign off. All right, Dad. Take care. Love you. All right. right. Good night. Good night.